It's the way that it goes. If your father was angry, there's a good chance you're angry. Because you're socialized that way. Right? If there was this stuff, that stuff gets passed down. But then when Jesus comes in the middle of it, it changes everything. Why? Because although maybe you used to be blind, you don't have to be blind forever. Because Jesus gives sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Many times the sins you struggle with are things passed through your family tree. Pastor Daniel shares today that it's not necessarily a genetic problem. It's how you were raised, how you observed your family interacting with the world. But just because your parents struggled with anger or jealousy or idolatry, that doesn't mean you have to. You can have the power through the Holy Spirit to break the cycles of sin that exist. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Luke chapter 4 as he continues his message, The Spirit and Jesus. When was the last time you said, Lord, will you empty me of me so that you can fill me with you? See, talk about a spiritual life. A spiritual life is a life that says, Lord, I don't want all my stuff. Will you empty me of myself so that what you want to do can come to pass? That you can fill me. Now, look what the second half of verse 1 tells us. I'll read the whole verse. Then Jesus, being filled with the Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So notice the second verb. Jesus was led by the Spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit. Now, what I think is so fascinating here is he comes, he's filled with the Spirit, right? He comes back from being baptized. And then it says he's led by the Spirit. And he's led by the Spirit, it says, into the wilderness. Now, really when it speaks about being led, being led is when you allow somebody else to take the place of authority and bring you to where they want you to go. It's kind of like if you were to allow somebody, if you were going somewhere and someone's like, well, here, let me drive, right? Now, it's funny. I come from a long line of people who they want to drive, but you don't want to be in the car with them. You know what I mean? It's like we used to joke that they invented like the dashboard and those handles because of my dad. My dad was one of those guys. He wanted to get there fast, right? And he would never be in the car if he wasn't driving, which was horrifying, you know? I asked my dad's wife, Mary, and they've been married for now 15 years. And I would say, Mary, how do you handle it? She's like, I just pretend like it's not happening. You know? It's just so funny. I just pretend like it's not happening. You know? But literally, the idea of being led is you allow someone to bring you, not where you want to go, but where they want to bring you. And it says here that Jesus was led by the Spirit. And what's interesting is it says he's led by the Spirit where? Into the wilderness. Now, I'm here to tell you, being led into the wilderness is not exactly the most fun place to go. And if you were to continue reading, and we're not going to read it today, but you can read it in your own time, Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and what happens? He's tempted by the devil. 
He's fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. This is not something that we, Jesus would have chosen, but the Spirit of God had other things that he wanted to accomplish, and this was necessary. Now, of course, there's a lot of pictures here. Jesus being in the wilderness, fasting, being tempted by the devil. Of course, it's a picture of Adam and Eve. Do you remember God placed Adam in paradise where he could eat anything he wanted? He was tempted, but he failed. Jesus, not in a beautiful paradise garden where he can eat anything, Jesus in the wilderness, not eating at all, is tempted and doesn't fail because Jesus is the second Adam. Jesus did what Adam couldn't do. There's that one picture. There's also the picture, it's not by chance that Jesus was fasting 40 days and 40 nights, because of course the number 40 makes you think of another group of people in a wilderness for a period of 40. Well, who am I talking about? The children of Israel wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, right? Now again, the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because they were faithless and failing in the wilderness. But Jesus the new and better Israel. Jesus as the Messiah, the embodiment of all that God hoped for Israel to be. He's in the wilderness. He's fasting. He's being tempted. But he doesn't fail. It's without sin. Now, why do I share all this with you? Because if you are led by the Spirit, sometimes the Spirit of God will bring you to places you don't want to be, but God knows you need to be. And let's just, can we just be honest? This is why people do not like to follow Jesus. Because if you say, I want to follow Jesus, and if you say, I want to be led by the Holy Spirit, he's going to ask you to do things you do not want to do. And let's just be honest, nobody likes to do what they don't want to do. Now, listen, for those of you who are kids right now, you're like, man, that's why I don't like being led by my parents. They make me clean my room. They make me do my homework. They make me eat my vegetables. They don't give me ice cream for breakfast, no matter how much you talk about it, Pastor Daniel. But when you get older, then you're like, well, now I get to do what I want to do. But then you realize when you believe your Bible that when you're a follower of Jesus, you don't get to do what you want to do. Your life is meant to be something that pleases the Lord. And the Spirit of God leads you to do things that make you scared, that make you uncomfortable. But don't miss the fact, Romans chapter 8, verse 14 tells us very powerfully For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. You can't be a child of God unless you're led by the Spirit. Because the children of God do what the Spirit of God asks of us to do. So here's the question. Who's setting the destination for your life right now? Are you being led where you want to go? Or are you letting the Spirit of God lead you? You need to be led by the Lord. Because if not, you're doing whatever you want to do. And and don't miss the fact, if your God lets you do everything you want to do, you're worshiping yourself. Like, that's what it means. Like, it's it's what I want. And our culture says you can do what you want. But our culture is the most unhappy generation that has ever lived with the most life hacks and the most comfort-making things. So our culture has really no moral authority to say that we know the right way to do it because it's not working. It's not working. It feels like like our culture is pulling apart. Why? Because everyone's doing what makes sense to them. Everyone's doing what is right to them. And then the Lord is like, listen, let me lead you. Let me show you. And sometimes I'm here here to tell you, God is going to lead you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. And I'm here to tell you, that's what walking by faith is all about. 
Like, can you imagine Jesus, right? Like, imagine if Jesus lived in this generation, right? And Jesus is like, he's getting baptized, and, and all of a sudden, the Spirit's God's like, listen, hey, let's go into the wilderness. You're going to fast for 40 days. What do you think Jesus is going to say? Why would I want to fast? I mean, why would I want to be tempted by the devil? I mean, there's so many more fun things that I can do. I can start a YouTube channel. I can vlog my whole life every time I do something. Like, hey, look what I did. Hey, look, I went to the bathroom. You see, look at this. I got this special thing. I flush it and it makes some sounds, you know? So good. You can buy one for $9.99 on my website. Right? Like, that, that's our world that we live in. But guess what? Jesus was willing to be led. And we have to learn the art of saying, Lord, I want to be, I want to be led. What does it mean to abandon the choice of the destination? What does it mean to trust God in such a way that you step on out into things that you would have never done before? So many of you, I'm so proud of you guys because so many of you are doing that by joining groups, by stepping into ministry right now. I was just talking to someone the other day when we were talking about steps of faith and I'm like, you know, the Bible teaches that perfect love casts out fear, but fear is also a great reminder when God's asking us to walk by faith, when he's asking us to do something that we wouldn't normally do. The first time you go to do something, you're scared to do it, right? Like some of you right now, you're praying like, hey, I'm supposed to uh, join crosses on a mission trip, go cross-culturally, right? And that makes you nervous. That's like a good nervous because you know that God's inviting you out into something unlike anything that you've ever experienced before. And so don't allow the fear to keep you from being led. Now, sometimes the fear is because God is wise and doesn't want you to hurt yourself. So he's like, don't do that. But a lot of times the fear is just a reminder that I'm doing something I've never done before. I think of Peter. Remember that story? We, read, we just read it in our Through the Bible reading plan where the disciples are, are on the, uh, the Sea of Galilee and the storm kicks on up and Jesus comes walking on the water to them. And good old Peter, you know, Peter's like, Lord, if it's you, call me out onto the water. And Jesus is like, come on, bro. You know, and and what's amazing is that Peter steps on out and he begins to walk on the water. But then it says that he noticed the the wind and the waves and the storm and he began to sink. Right. And of course, Jesus grabbed them and they end up back in the boat. And there's a great teaching about, you know, you have little faith and all this. But what's amazing is oftentimes we, we have a tendency to make fun of Peter. But, you know, there was 12 disciples who were there. Only Peter's the one walking on water. But he was led. He said, Lord, if, if it's you, let me come on out. Jesus was like, come on. If Jesus would have said, stay put, and Peter would have stepped out, that would have been not smart. But Jesus invited him out. And, and one of the things that I'm, I always tell you guys, that because we believe in simply responding to Jesus here at Crossroads, I believe that God is continually inviting all of us. He's inviting us into new life. He's saying, listen, I know this is the way you've always done it, but can we, can we do something different? I have a different plan. And he invites us, and then we can either RSVP with a yes or a no. And what I have learned in my life is that RSPing with a yes is easy if you trust the Lord. And if you don't trust the Lord, it's impossible because you don't know what he's going to do. And what I will tell you is this example of Jesus being led. God doesn't always lead you into something more convenient, more easy. He doesn't always lead you into this is going to be smoother than yesterday. Sometimes God leads you right into the storm because in the storm, God reveals to us both who he is, that he is the master over the wind and the waves, and also reveals to us who we are is that we're pretty skittish people no matter how much we know him. 
that God is faithful and we are faithless. But you only learn that stuff in the storm. Like, you only learn that the anchor of faith in Christ holds when that anchor is holding on to a boat in the midst of a huge storm. And many of you have experienced that, unfortunately. You knew you believed in the Lord, but then after you went through whatever that calamity is, you're like, man, that anchor holds. I thought I was going to get ripped apart in the midst of it, and I got weather beaten indeed, but that anchor holds. That's the gift of trials. And listen, sometimes God leads you into hard things. Sometimes God leads you into things that are not fun. But in, when we are led by the Spirit and we follow the Lord and we land where the Spirit of God wants us to land, we learn things that we can only learn in those environments. And that's what God wants for us. So we want to live our lives led. Don't lead yourself. You don't even know where you're going. Neither do I. If I lead myself, I mean, how many of you look back on things that you wanted 20 years ago and you say, thank you, God, you didn't let that come to pass? A lot of us, right? You know, I think it was that old song, like, thank God for unanswered prayers, right? Because you don't know what we're doing, but God knows what he's doing. And the Spirit of God comes to lead us. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. These are the sons of God. Now, Jesus gets tempted by the devil. And then as we pick up again now in verse, where are we here? There it is. Pick it up in verse 14. It says this. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding region, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. I love this. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Now, I already alluded to this, but it's important that I make this case, is that why did Jesus return in the power of the Spirit? Because he spent some time being tried in the wilderness. See, the gift on the other side of the trial is God's power. We always want the power up top. But oftentimes, the power is the fruit of what God has done in your life. Jesus was tempted, and then it says, now he returns in the, in the power of the Spirit. And it's amazing that this idea that the Holy Spirit brings with him spiritual power. I don't know about you, but I want the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. The power to love and to forgive. The power to have peace that surpasses all understanding. The power to be joyful in unwelcome circumstances. The power to be able to see through all of the smoke screens of life and get at the heart of the issue. The power to be able to say that even though everybody around me is bad, God is good. The power to be able to say, even though I do not understand what is happening, I hope in the Lord and I hope in his future. See, there is the gift of power that comes. And of course, it reminds me of Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Classic verse, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Now, notice, it says not by power, not by human power, not by human might, not by human ingenuity, not by human innovation. See, what God is offering for each one of us is a truly spiritual life. That idea of being spiritual, it's the 
presence of the Holy Spirit, him filling us. It's the Holy Spirit leading us and it's the Holy Spirit empowering us. It's not human power. It's spiritual power. It's not a power that anyone can take credit for. It's a gift that God gives to those who trust in Jesus. And that power changes everything. See, God wants you to know the power of the Spirit. And what's amazing is that word power in the Greek language, it comes from the root that we get the word dynamic. It's the word dunamis, dynamite. Something that's powerful. And God wants us to be able to experience what it means to have the power of the Holy Spirit. The power to overcome temptation. The power to be able to not just give in to every craving that we have. The power to be able to not talk when we shouldn't. And the power to be able to be bold when we should. See, there is a power that is available to us in Christ. There's the power of the Holy Spirit. And we see here Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. And then look at what happens next in verse 16. It says, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and then he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and he sat down in the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him and he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now don't miss what it said. Verse 18, Jesus was anointed by the Spirit. Jesus was anointed by the Spirit. Now, this idea of what it means to be anointed, it literally speaks of somebody who is set apart for a specific purpose. The anointing speaks of the fact that God has a specific plan for people. And God gives his spirit so that you and I can fulfill those good works which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in. The spirit of God functions to anoint us, to empower us, to be there as an ever-present help in the midst of the circumstances of our lives so that we can fulfill the very purposes that God has. Of course, Jesus is quoting here from the prophet Isaiah chapter 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he gives a whole list of things that Jesus is supposed to do. Things that Jesus invites us to join him in. Things like preaching the good news to the poor. Right? Jesus wants all of us to proclaim who he is. The good news of what he's done. He sent us to heal the brokenhearted. When someone is heartbroken because of circumstances, to come and be there, to share the good news, to share space, to encourage, to help, 
to proclaim liberty to the captives. It's one of the things I love so much about who Jesus is. Jesus is saying, whatever you're bound by today, whatever jail cells, whether they're literal or emotional, spiritual, addictions, whatever those jail cells are, there's freedom in Christ. Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. The recovery of sight to the blind. Though we were blind, now we see. Though, you know, this is what I love so much about the Lord. Maybe you've been spiritually blind your whole life, and then all of a sudden, one day, he just chooses to open your eyes. What it's reminding you is that your past doesn't have to be your future. Jesus offers a brand new destiny to anyone who comes to him. doesn't matter where you've been. doesn't matter where your parents were. Sure, the, the sins of the fathers are visited on the children of the third and fourth generation because we get socialized. There are sins that get passed down. If you have an alcoholic parent, you have a much higher percentage of having alcoholism in your generation and going forward. But in Christ, those things get cut off. It's not a perpetual curse. It's the way that it goes. If your father was angry, there's a good chance you're angry because you're socialized that way. Right? If there was this stuff, that stuff gets passed down. But then when Jesus comes in the middle of it, it changes everything. Why? Because although maybe you used to be blind, you don't have to be blind forever. Because Jesus gives sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. You know, it's amazing that the more I think about our day and age in which we live today, you know, by and large, I'm not saying that it's perfect in any way, but our culture is a much more just culture than a lot of places. So the whole gospel of God setting at liberty those who are oppressed, you know, it doesn't play the same way as it does in other countries. Like if you look at the way the church is growing in China right now, where they're under oppressive communism, Jesus is welcome as the great liberator. You know, we live in a day and age today where by and large, things are not atrocious, but there's still a lot of big problems. And depending on where you're viewing that from, it looks different from different seats, right? But here's the thing is, Jesus is the one who brings liberty. Jesus is the one who leads people to push off the shackles of oppression. You look at the abolition of slavery in the West, entirely by Christians, entirely, entirely. Why? Because you believe in the great liberator. And as Christians, we should, ne- listen, we should never downplay the need for oppression to cease. Ever. Because our Lord is the great liberator. Now, I realize that liberation, how it looks, how it plays, all that stuff is very complicated. But within the body of Christ, there is always a liberation theology. Not only liberation from sin, but also a liberation from all the social implications of what it means to throw off the shackles of sin. Jesus is real. The Lord is our great liberator. Hallelujah. He's rescued people from sin. Throughout the Bible, you see God setting captives free, returning what was lost and redeeming lives. And today, you get to enjoy the benefits of having the Savior of the world in your life. You have the Holy Spirit to fill you, guide you, and empower you to live fully sold out to the Lord. It may not be an easy path, but it will be better than you could ever manufacture on your own. 
Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus' Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus' Real Radio at 360-256-4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com. We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Just click on Give. Thank you for partnering with us. Promises, promises. People make them a lot and break them a lot, too. Join Pastor Daniel next time on Jesus Is Real Radio as he discusses a promise that will never be broken because it was made by God. God is forever faithful. When he says he'll do something, he does. Time and time again, God will fulfill his word to you. Just look at the evidence that's available throughout the Bible. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Life Hack. Please glance at the clock right now. Make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.